everybody, we're back here on To The Point. It's been a few days. Life has been getting in the way of the show. Just been a work-wise, a busy week for, for yours truly. And just, you know, it's Christmas time in, in the midst of things. But we are back and we are live today with lots, lots of content to get into. Lots of baseball to talk about. And Matt Wright will join me in about 45 minutes. We're going to get into NFL Week 14, amongst other headlines. We're going to talk some college football, Heisman Trophy, betting odds, things of that nature. So we'll get you primed for Week week uh, Week 14 in the NFL with every line this weekend. Some big names, some games that are really intriguing. As we get into the home stretch of the season there's five games left, five weeks left of the NFL regular season. It's it's crazy. Just felt like it was October starting. Season started on September 8th. It is now, it's three months into the NFL season. Wow. Thursday night football tonight, Raiders at the Rams, and that's part of the news of the week, is that Baker Mayfield Jr. the third as we talked about on Monday, cut by the Carolina Panthers. They release him. The Rams scoop him up on waivers. He might actually start tonight after only being claimed by the Rams on Tuesday. So that quick a turnaround, he might be their starting quarterback tonight, Thursday night football at home against the Raiders, who are trying to sneak their way into the into the postseason. So what a world we live in. What else is that we didn't get to this week? World Juniors. Three players loan from NHL clubs today. Dylan Gunther, Arizona Coyotes, is now a member of Team Canada. Brant Clark, a player I thought would be on their team in the summer, is loaned by the Los Angeles Kings. And, of course, Shane Wright is loaned to Team Canada as well. This was a long time coming. Uh, to quote the Tragically Hip, it makes the most sense. It was the only decision... Shane Wright should embrace this opportunity. He should go out there and play like he is the best player at this tournament because kind of should be. He uh, didn't play all that well when I watched him last uh, last December in Edmonton before the COVID shutdown. He was just okay. And I think this is a big opportunity for him. He scored his first NHL goal on Tuesday night. Congratulations against the Montreal Canadiens. Big first step. But for me, I've remained really clear on this. Seattle's playing for a playoff spot. They're not playing to appease Shane Wright and his family. They want Shane Wright to be good for 20 years. They could care less about him him being good right now. He should play at this World Junior Hockey Championship. Go light it up. Win a gold medal. Win tournament MVP. And then he should go back to the Ontario Hockey League and play the rest of his season there. The bigger topic of discussion is whether 19-year-olds should be allowed to play in the American Hockey League, which I think they should be. I think this should there should be an option that it's up to the team whether they want that player to play in the American League if they're not able to make the NHL or go back to junior. 
Because Shane Wright went to play in the American League. He played six, he played five games down there. He scored four goals. In his last six pro games, he scored five goals. Impressive stuff. How? But there are certain players every year that get sent back to junior and teams know that they're too good to play there. Mitch Marner. Shane Wright should be playing. I look at Logan Stankoven. He's drafted. He shouldn't be playing in the WHL. He's too good for that league. It wouldn't be that the CHL would be diluted, that there would be no good players. That is a myth, and that's something that the CHL is using to try to keep good players in their league. I get it. But if we're talking about the best development, it is up to that NHL club to decide what's best for for their prospect. Europeans have the advantage because when they're drafted, they don't have to play junior. They can play in the American Hockey League. Case in point, this is a player that played this summer at the World Juniors. If you haven't heard of him, it's fine. He's a a first-round pick of the Boston Bruins. His name is Fabian Lizell. Pretty good player. He's got, he's got seven goals in the American Hockey League so far this season. Hasn't played an NHL game yet. He's 19. He is playing for Team Sweden at this tournament. He is an American Hockey League player. He is playing pro hockey. Same age group as Shane Wright. He gets to play in the American Hockey League because he's a European. Shane Wright does not because he was born in Ontario. Because he's born in, in North America. That... It's just wrong. It shouldn't be this way. It should. You should have the same option for European kids and for Canadian, U.S.-born kids as well. Not every junior player that's a six-round pick that gets sent back, they won't all be playing in the American Hockey League because the American Hockey League is a really difficult league. It's not for everybody. It can ruin you. Sometimes you have to go back to junior because it helps your development. But there are kids that the American League is a better solution. Another example, Luca Cormier here in New Brunswick. He should have played in the American League last year. He came back and played for Charlottetown. It did him no benefit. None. Because, he, yes, he tore up the league and he had great stats, and that's all well and good. But his goal is to make it to the NHL, not to be a great Charlottetown Islander defenseman. Who gives a crap about that? That that's the goal for, for for him. He should have he should he should have been playing in the American League last year. My opinion. That rule should be implemented. I get it. The CHL you don't like it, and that you're worried about your product being worse and worse. Well, guess what? Not not, not many people are going to games anyway. Attendance isn't that great. Teams that you know. Communities that support, support. Others that don't, don't. Halifax, Quebec, here in uh, Atlantic Canada, and in the the QMJHL, they get good crowds. They support. But you go and you go to a St. John game this season, attendance sucks. St. John goes to Sea Dogs games when the team's good. They don't support when they're not. Just how it works. It's fluid. It's like most business. Look at the NHL teams. Buffalo's not getting great crowds. Is Columbus getting sold out crowds every night? Ottawa? No, because the teams aren't that good. It's the same thing. You got yourself a winner, 
people will show up to the rink. Otherwise, you're just another team. For now, Shane Wright can't play in the American Hockey League the rest of the year. He can go on conditioning stints, but those last only two weeks. He's played eight NHL games, meaning he'd be able to play one more before they'd have to make a decision on whether to kick in his entry-level contract. Save a year. Save a year because you're trying to win and he's not good enough to play in the America, uh, in the NHL not, night in, night out. The decision is easy. Send him back to junior. Build up his confidence. He hasn't played a whole lot of hockey in the last couple of years. Grant Clark, he can play in in the American League because he did during the COVID year for some of it. He's got grandfathered in games. He can play there. Dylan Gunther is playing for Arizona. He's playing games in the NHL, however. Brant Clark's playing for, for the Ontario Reign. System doesn't benefit everybody, but... I believe this new rule with the CHL and AHL should be implemented should be implemented and general managers should have the ultimate say on what happens to the player. And if you send a player back to junior in October, he's in junior. There's no call up, there's no oh, okay, we made a mistake, you make that call. It's it's a doomsday decision. You are in the American League the whole year or you're going back to junior the whole year. No back and forth, no flip-flop. Make a decision, live with it. That is my suggestion. I think it helps the ultimate product. I think it helps the NHL. And I think it helps the player. Because some guys don't need another year of junior hockey. They don't need to go get 120 points, even more than 150 points in a season, and play against people that aren't that good that are a lot worse than them. There's a lot of great talents in the CHL, no doubt about it. A lot of them end up drafted by the NHL. But guess what? When you're 16 playing against a 19-year-old Shane Wright, or when you were a 16-year-old going against Connor McDavid and Erie, you look like a scrub. You know why? Because he was a hell of a lot better than you. <sighs> but Canada, we'll go through their team more next week. And even when, this is just a housekeeping, the 19th, which is a week from Monday, I am leaving for a week to go to Florida with family. But I plan on doing shows down there. I plan on, on doing a podcast, hopefully every day, every other day. There'll be a lot going on. Football games, bowl season, world junior prep. So I want to have you. I want to have myself and you guys prepared for that tournament. Obviously, right in our backyard, Canada's. You could call it training camp starts today in Moncton. Brant Clark, Dylan Gunther, Shane Wright are all on their way to Moncton to join the team. Like I said, Stan Coven's returning. Owen Zellweger is returning from this summer's team. Nathan Gauthier for the Quebec Grand Par played this summer. They, they're going to have a very, very good team. And 
Should be fun to watch, but we'll go into their roster in more depth as we get closer to the tournament. Now to baseball. Baseball has had really the headlines this week. Lots happening in the sport. And let's get to the biggest headline of the week. And that would be Aaron Judge returning to the Bronx, signing a nine-year, $360 million contract with the Yankees. Oh, my God. I Pro sports is so fun, right? It's, you know, desperate people are often the people that you don't want to meet in life because you never know what they're going to do. When you see somebody that, you know, you think it, you're watching a, a TV show and it's somebody that's just so desperate. They're, they're so, they need it. They need to find a solution and do anything to find it. Think of Walter White in Breaking Bad. He needed to make money for his family because he had terminal cancer. That's a desperate human being. That is a scary human being because you can't predict an unpredictable person's behavior. He can do this. He might do this. Does he go behind door number one or does he, does he go behind door number two? You don't know. That's a scary feeling when you can't predict your future or when you don't have control of your own of your own space, of your own uh, of your own actions. Brian Cashman, who just got a four-year extension by the New York Yankees, was a desperate human being. And he was desperate in that, yes, he's got security because he got a four-year extension. You get fired tomorrow. They still got to pay him for those four years. He'll have checks come in whether he's employed or not. He's worked for the Yankees since the late 1990s, 98 to be exact, the year I was born. Good for him. But then you think, well, Brian Cashman, four-year extension. He's got all kinds of security. He's in control of his actions. No. What the New York Yankees did yesterday was that they reacted as if the fans had control of this franchise and not themselves. The New York Yankees made the single most stupid signing of this offseason, and Jacob deGrom got a five-year deal. Nine years, $360 million. I thought it'd be $40 million. I thought he'd get four hundred. That's where I was wrong, but I thought he'd make at least $40 million a season, so that's where I was right, where Noah was right, where Noah was wrong. You know, giving a 40-year-old, a 31-year-old player a deal till he's 40 years old, I don't know how you how you frame that or what kind of argument you need in your head to make that sound good, but I can't make it sound good. I, I just, I've, I've tried, I've tried to mull it over. I've tried to come in today. Okay. Let's try to be positive. No, you always take the negative angle on things. Let's frame this. Let's make this sound better than it is. No, I can't. I can't. Yankees fans are happy today, which I get to some extent, but I also think it's Yankees fans that are desperate. They're des- everybody in this situation is desperate except Aaron Judge. For some reason, and I guess you could point to the reason being he had 62 home runs. He won the American League MVP. Otani should have won it. But he won the American League MVP, 62 home runs, 
he's the new captain of the, of the Yankees who gives a shit, but that's the, that's the selling point here. Okay. Prior to this 62 home run season, 27 homers, 27 homers, 12 homers, 50. Those are his last four seasons prior to the 62. Yes, some of those were injury plagued. I don't care. That's what you did in a season. If you're injured and you play and you couldn't play, that's your season. Signing a player after his best season is always a dangerous game. Always a dangerous game. And this will be a mistake in less than two seasons. This is a stupid, stupid contract. I think of this from a GM standpoint. I think I try to I try to bring it to both sides to you guys, but I've been a I've, I've thought like a GM since I was four because that's something I always thought I wanted to do. I thought of that. I haven't thought of it from a player perspective because of course you want to make the most money. You know the player perspective. It's easy. It's an easy yes. If somebody came to you and offered you $360 million, would you take it? Oh, no shit. No, of course. No doubt about it. But, but, as a GM who's got to worry about a payroll, who's not employed for one season, who has to worry about the long-term well-being of this franchise, I just mentioned Brian Cashman's work for the Yankees for over 20 years. How does this contract make sense? How does giving a 31-year-old man who has already been injured a lot, we've seen breakdown in the past, and is coming off his best season ever, how does giving all that power to him make any sense? To me, it does not. It is failed logic. It is crazy. Aaron Judge is a very good player. Very good. To me, the all-time home run king. Because I don't count the ass injection guys in the National League. Some do, I don't. McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, take a lap. Didn't get to didn't did not get into the Hall of Fame again, which makes me so happy. Because you cheated. But you give a 31-year-old guy. With that big of a swing, a nine-year deal, $40 million a year, you're going to pay a guy at 40 years old $40 million? How'd that work out for the Angels? How do the Angels feel about Albert Pujols? That work out? How about a more recent example? How has that been working out with Mike Trout? Mike Trout signed a 13-year deal, if you recall, a couple years ago. Since he signed that deal, he's not played 100 games in a season. He's not hit 30 home runs in a season since he signed that deal. He's been injury-plagued, injury-plagued, injury-plagued. These are recent examples. Bryce Harper has been a good contract. Bryce Harper turning 30 right now. Bryce Harper signed his deal earlier. He's 27. Bryce Harper has... Won multiple MVPs. Bryce Harper's a better player than Aaron Judge. Long-term contracts in baseball don't often work. Long-term contracts in sports don't often work. 
Think of Rick DiPietro. Think of Ricky Romero. Bobby Bonilla. Milan Lucic. Louis Erickson. Do I need to go through these long deals that just suck? Aaron Judge is a very good baseball player. He is not worth $40 million a year, period. And he's certainly not worth $40 million a year over nine fucking seasons. He's the judge. You can throw all the courtroom puns all you want, Yankees fans, and celebrate. All rise, more like all cry. Because I'll tell you this right now. Here's a prediction. The New York Yankees, during Aaron Judge's stay, will not win a World Series. They won't. Because they j- that's just the Yankees. They are a successful organization. Extremely. But they don't win. They gotta play, they gotta pay Giancarlo Stanton 32 million a year over the next five years. Is he gonna play left field for all those years? Can he? He's gonna be the DH for the next five years making 32 million bucks. The Yankees gonna be better than the Jays, you think? Vladdy and Bichette? That core? Manoa? I don't know. After Garrett Cole, who do you have the most trust in in the Yankees starting staff? Nestor Cortez? Okay. He's had one season in the pros. Normally in baseball, normally in sports, again, let's just go down history. You have a great first season. That sophomore year, oof, tough. Happens to superstars. Ever hear of a guy named Nathan McKinnon? Remember his second season? Wasn't real good. So it can happen to the best of us. Can happen to really good players your second year. You're not as quite as good as you were the first one. That's life, right? I ain't as good as I once was, right? Toby Keith, I think. Might be George Strait. I'm not sure. Not really big on that genre. But all rise for Aaron. Good for good for Aaron Judge. Take the money, pay the man. You know. Yep. But. The New York Yankees. I hate making decisions based on what other people want me to do. Now, I also think it's bad to act just to be counter to everybody. I do that sometimes. It's one of my biggest faults. As a human being, there are times I will do something out of spite. Or my parents want me to do something I don't do. I've talked about it. My hair. Sometimes I don't want to cut my hair because people want me to, and that's a bad rationalization. I should want to keep it because I like it, not because people want me to cut it, so I'll just keep it. That That's a stupid logic. It, it's not, I don't think it's a great way to be, quite frankly. So I can admit that. The New York Yankees are going to give him the captaincy first time since Derek Jeter. Who cares? Who cares about the captaincy of the Yankees? I don't. 29 other organizations don't. It's like a, a point streak for, for your individual team. Who gives a shit? Who cares? They didn't care about Jason Robertson's point streak in Dallas. Why? Because he plays for the Dallas Stars. If you have that energy about one club, keep it about others. Okay, he's the captain of the Yankees. Good for him. The most storied organization in baseball. Okay. 
maybe back when baseball was really relevant than they were. We hear about all these storied franchises. And I think in just about my lifetime, or even if you go back 40 years, think of the Yankees, think of the Maple Leafs, think of the Canadians. Who else can I throw in there? The Lakers, the Knicks. Football. Packers, sure. How many of these storied franchises, the most storied in the sport, Cowboys, forget about them. How many championships these guys win in? All these storied franchises. Why are they storied? Okay, they were storied 100 years ago when they were when they were good and winning. Yankees haven't won a title since 09. Maple Leafs haven't won a title since 67. Canadians haven't won a title since 93. Cowboys haven't won a title since 95. Packers since 2010. Knicks since the 70s. Lakers have made the playoffs once in the last 10 seasons. Those are the storied franchises that we think of. They were storied. They were the best. They were about winning. But we are in 2022. This isn't Babe Ruth baseball. This isn't take me out to the ball game where baseball was America's favorite pastime and it was more popular than the NFL, NBA, cricket, whatever other sport you want to throw in there. It isn't anymore. And New York Yankees are storied to their fans and their fans alone. Because if you are just objective and you want to look at just the pure facts, the storied baseball franchises of the last 20 years are the St. Louis Cardinals, San Francisco Giants. I'll throw the Dodgers in there just on the outskirts. They got one COVID title, which if you count that. But they've been very good for a long time. But San Francisco jumps out to me. St. Louis Cardinals jumps out to me. And I throw the Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox won in 04. They won in 2012 and they they won in or 2013 and they won in 18. They won a lot of titles. Boston is more storied than the Yankees. Like Amer- Dallas was uh, Cowboys were America's team. Do you get to be America's team if you don't win anything? Maybe that Simplifies that America just isn't a winning formula. They're a bunch of losers that vote red. Hey, nothing wrong with voting red if you got the right candidate. I should have put that. We vote. Well, well, I guess <laughs> I'm thinking of Canada. I've never voted red, but I guess uh, nothing wrong with voting red in the United States. If you find the right candidate, I should, uh, I should put that a little disclaimer in. But storied franchises, my ass. Aaron Judge is playing for a team, and he's playing for the New York Yankees, a competitive team that used to be storied. They're not the Red Sox. They're not the San Francisco Giants. This storied notion told by lazy media people, we can't forget our history. Okay, keep it. But we got to update resumes. That's what we do in sports. This notion of storied franchises is over. 
I think I might do that next week. That might be a little segment on this program. Storied fran- Who are the new storied franchise? When we make these references, who do we actually reference? That might be a little project for me next week. Might do, may do that with Seamus next, next Tuesday. Seamus, if you listen to the podcast today, just know that's an assignment for you next Tuesday. We are updating the storied franchises notion. Who are storied franchises? Now that we're in 2022 and we're not living off the past 100 years, we're living off the past 30 to 40. It's New Flash, Toronto, Montreal, Yankees, Knicks. You're not. You're just organizations that play in the sport. No better than New Jersey. No better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville has been to more championship games than the Dallas Cowboys over the last 20 years. It's a fact. Oh, what fun we have here. But good for Aaron Judge, New York Yankees. Can't fix stupid. And for Yankees fans, enjoy it now. Enjoy, hopefully, try to enjoy it through this season. It's my recommendation. Because you won't real soon. You won't. Big signing by the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals yesterday signed Wilson Contreras, who was formerly with Chicago Cubs, to a five-year, $87.5 million contract. Contreras is one of the best catchers in all of baseball. Multiple-time gold glove winner. And he spurns the Cubs and joins the Cardinals. And really, they bring in Contreras, and he is the new replacement to Yadier Molina. Yadi, the future Hall of Famer, was in St. Louis for 18 seasons. And now Contreras comes in. Wainwright is, is coming back for another season. They still have a bunch of really good pitchers there. I, I think they're a team that can win their division, certainly. With the Rockies still on the not looking good. The Cubs, who still stink, who are making some questionable signings to me on what they want to be next season. They signed Cody Bellinger to a one-year, $17.5 million deal, which I actually like, by the way, because you take a chance on a player and you're not signing a guy to a nine-year, 360. But Bellinger goes to the Cubs. Contreras goes to the Cardinals. The Cardinals still feel they can win. Yeah, Pujols might be gone. Yes, Yadier Molina might be retiring. I still like the Cardinals a lot in that division. You look at the National League, it is competitive, certainly. But San Francisco did not get Aaron Judge. San Francisco has not gotten an impact player yet. The Dodgers have not gotten an impact player in free agency. They lost Trey Turner. They've lost Justin Turner. So they're going through changes. Kershaw was always re-signing. I don't count that as an impact signing. I like Contreras to the Cardinals. That Central Division is always competitive, but I think the Cardinals are still the best team there. Pirates stink, and the Rockies stink. So... So the Rockies in the West. I'm thinking of the uh, Pirates. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the team I'm thinking of. Cincinnati still stinks. So Then last night, Xander Bogarts. This is honest, This one surprised me. I thought Judge would be back with the Yankees. That didn't. Contreras, I didn't have really have a great... I didn't know where he was going. But then Xander Bogarts, who I thought all along would be back in Boston 
says no. He's leaving Boston. He's heading out west. He is joining the San Diego Padres because why not? 11 years, $260 million, And the Padres now are even more loaded. They're going to have Tatis back, who I think will pivot to the outfield. They got Bogarts. They got Machado. They still have Will Myers, Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish. A team that got to the National League Championship Series last year gets one of the biggest fishes on the board. And Xander Bogarts is now the new starting shortstop for the Padres. Credit to the Padres. They're spending a ton of money. Again, I hate an 11-year deal. I have to stay consistent with it. I don't love the contract at all. I hate it. I will. Bogarts has been consistently better than, than Aaron Judge. Xander Bogarts will never hit 62 home runs. He'll never be as... He'll never have the splash at Aaron Judge. Well, Xander Bogarts will never win a MVP award. All true. But Xander Bogarts could win a gold glove in San Diego. He will bat 300 for you. I like him a lot. You got Machado. You got Bogarts. Tatis is going to come back. They lose Josh Bell, but Cleveland overpays Josh Bell to go to go there for two years and $32 million. San Diego's a good club. They're spending a lot of money on bats. They lost Clevenger in the offseason. I still think they need some pitching. That's my one thing with, with them is I think they could really use some pitching because they also got Josh Hader, who's one of the best closers in baseball, certainly. But I, I look at them and I think if they can get another, you know, a solid arm. I'm not saying it's, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster player, but even even if the Padres went out and signed Ross Stripling, who was with the Toronto Blue Jays last year, who is a free agent, I think that would be a smart signing because he doesn't have to be your top guy. He can be your third or fourth guy like he was in Toronto. You can rely on him every fifth day. I'm not sure what his asking price is. I'm sure he looks around and sees what you know what Kikuchi made in his last stop, and he's seeing Andrew Heaney, what he got from Texas. He, he got two years, $25 million. He'll want more than that, certainly. So maybe the price range is too much. I mean, Taiwan Walker, who had a really great start to last year with the Mets and then kind of just went all to hell, got four years 71, which if I'm Ross Stripling, it's $17.75 million per year. That's about what I want. Maybe a little more than that. I'm not sure, I mean, that's a, that's a big contract to give out. Again, it would, it would scare me to give Ross Stripling that deal. Because of just the what he's done so far in his career, but but what what's funny is you see what happened with the Red Sox. They let Xander Bogarts go. They let a lot of pieces go lately. They let Mookie Betts go to the Dodgers. They let Xander Bogarts go to the Padres. Every every one of their players is going out west, but then they signed Kenley Jansen. Which, okay, yeah, every team can use a closer. I think his best baseball is behind him. I think he gives up a lot of blown saves this year. I, I don't think it's a great, great signing, to be 
perfectly frank with all of you. I, I hate it, quite frankly. So, But they let all these players go. They're cutting their payroll. If you're Boston, you don't have Bogarts. Mookie Betts is gone. You signed Trevor Story to that ridiculous contract for whatever reason. I said that last year at this time, that this was that was a stupid deal. To play him at shortstop, and he was getting... I was there in early May, and he was getting booed by the home crowd because he struck out five times in the same game. He had a pretty bad first season. You got to bottom out. If you're the Red Sox, and it's you got to get rid of some of these bad salaries and move on. You know, David Price is off your roster. Bogarts is gone. I think you're going to have a pretty decent bullpen. I like Tanner Houck. Here's a name to watch a lot in their bullpen. Kenley Jansen's, you know, it's being talked about as a big addition. I don't see it that way. They got some good bullpen arms in Boston. The rest of their team is a bunch of placeholders. That's how I look at their roster. I don't, I don't see any impact guys other than Raphael Devers, of course. But looking at what they've done, if you're going to have Raphael Devers and a bunch of placeholders, you're not going to win. You're not going to win, so they might as well trade Raphael Devers and get some prospects. That's how I look at this. Bottom out and go the Houston Astros model, but then you have the, you'll stink for a while, but then you're good enough because you're the Boston Red Sox and you got all kinds of money to, to stink, get rid of these contracts, draft really well, and then you can spend more money than Houston will because you got a bigger payroll, bigger, deeper pockets, and you're more competitive sooner than they would be. So Devers is a great piece. But if you can get some really good prospects for him, trade him to a contender. Trade, trade him somewhere in the National League. If you don't want to deal with him in the American League, trade him somewhere in the National League. Won't be St. Louis because they got Arenado at third in St. Louis. I mean, with the Dodgers trade for Rafael Devers. Traded Mookie Betts, traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. Would the Dodgers take Rafael Devers? Justin Turner, you're moving on from him at third base. He's an old man. Yeah, he was great for you for a while. He's not worth it. He's not worth it anymore. He's not a great player. Upgrade that position. Upgrade that position to third base. Another big bat you can put in your th- three hole. Mookie Betts hits two. Put Rafael Devers at at third. Your third spot in the lineup. I think it's an interesting proposition. I think the Dodgers would consider it. I'm trying to think of other... I mean, the Phillies... The Phillies could always use the third baseman because Alec Baum is a disaster at third. He led, he led the majors in errors by a third baseman last year, the Phillies. Phillies are spending money. Dave Dombrowski will always spend money while he's a, a president of a team. He did it in Boston. He did it in Detroit. He's doing it now in Philly. He wants to win. They signed Trey Turner. If you, especially if you can trade for Rafael Devers now before you have to pay him big money, kind of like what the Padres did with Juan Soto, why not? Why not do it? Take advantage of his cheap years. Take advantage of those cheap years and make that move. 
Sure, you can tra- you got you trade away some prospects. You might have to give up a position player to the Boston Red Sox. Trade the Malik bomb. They might want to t- take him, see if they can make him into a better player. Try out a guy with some promise while you stink. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea for the Red Sox. But the Kenley Jansen and then the Red Sox signed you know a big promising player out of out of Korea also in this in the, or Japan sorry out of, in this last little bit five year 90 million adding the most productive bat in Japan over the last two seasons to a quickly retooling Red Sox okay Kenley Jansen got two years 32 I look at their starting pitching I look at their bats they're not gonna win I don't care how good this player is. This isn't Masahiro Tanaka, where he came over to the Yankees. Yeah, he was great in his first year, but they had a really good team around him. This isn't this. He's going to be asked to be really, really good. He batted 335 last year, okay? Japan isn't the majors. We'll see. But you might, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Commit to this rebuild. And maybe it isn't that long. But names are coming off the board. If you see the Red Sox pivot and try to sign Carlos Correa, that's a sign of a desperate team. Spogart's off the board. Padres. Trey Turner, off the board. Philly. Carlos Correa remains unsigned. Scott Boris is his agent. Funny how Trey Turner... And Xander Bogarts are not represented by Scott Boris. Their con- their their contracts are done. I believe the winter meetings end today in San Diego. I don't think Scott Boris wants to leave those winter meetings without a deal for his client. I don't think Carlos Correa wants to go back to, to Minnesota like he did last year and basically grovel to take a one-year deal with an option for a second season. Where does Correa end up? Where does Correa end up is a big question mark for me. I don't know. Look around, I think the Blue Jays could use him. But I think they want to focus on pitching. They haven't done a thing yet. As I mentioned, Ross Stripling's still a free agent. He could go back to Toronto. We'll see. I do think other teams will inquire on him. They could look at him at Toronto. Tigers are not going to be, I think they know that they thought last season might be a turnaround. They're not going to be that good. Cleveland, I don't think he's going to give that big of money to a Carlos Correa. He could go back to Minnesota, but I'm not sure the two sides ended the relationship well, quite frankly. The American League Central, there's so many teams that you think are going to be good. The White Sox are, are pivoting. Abreu's gone. They got a new manager. Jerry Reinsdorf's in his 80s, but I'm not sure if they look at Correa as the the solution there. Plus, Tim Anderson kind of runs that infield. I'm not sure him and Carlos Correa are going to get along real well. Every every one of these big names seems to be going to the National League. The American League, you think, has got to do something. Correa's not going back to the Houston Astros. They got Jeremy Pena. Who makes seven hundred thousand and gives better production than Korea did last season? 
American League champion and World Series MVP. The Mariners? I don't see it. Do the Texas Rangers, who already have... No, they got two infielders. So where does Correa go? This is so intriguing to me because I don't see a land... Is it the Boston Red Sox who are a team that have no business signing this guy? No, wait, they got Trevor Story. As I mull through this with all of you, there's roadblock after roadblock. I don't know where he signs. I really don't. I think the American League Central now is where he has to go. Unless the Cubs, who are spending money on fringe guys, decide to bring in Carlos Correa for a couple of years. See, Guy ask our next guest this question to start the start the interview because he might have a better idea of this than me. First off, always a, always great to see Matt Wright back on the show. Writer, I'm thinking of this as we start here. Where does Carlos Correa end up? Well, I saw the Dodgers today said they they didn't want him because of what happened in 2017, I believe. Right. For some reason, I don't know why. Like, do you think he stays? I don't know if he – I don't know. Uh, To me, he's an interesting piece because he was so good the year that they won in 2017. Yeah. And I wouldn't say he's gotten worse, but I don't think he has – elevated as much as what the hype around him would have been a couple years ago. Right. So, yeah, I don't really know where, to be honest with you, that's tough because I mean, I feel like the Padres are after everyone, right? So I feel like you can't count the Padres out, even though they just signed Xander Bogarts. I, I, I could see maybe like a Texas Rangers potentially same, same, uh, you know, same state. Um, I don't see him going to another team in the American League. I would say maybe National League. Um, for some reason, the Cubs seem to go for players who are like a little bit, maybe I wouldn't say out of their prime, but guys who are like, you know, look at Chris Bryan, look at some other players they brought in. <laughs> yeah. But on, on, on Correa, I'm not 100% sure. But even though the Dodgers said that they wouldn't take him, I still wouldn't be shocked if he ended up there either. Yeah, because I, I was mulling through this, and I'm like, well, maybe the Red Sox will take him. And I'm like, no, Trevor Story plays short for them. So that – well, he could play second, I guess, but I don't, I'm not really sure what they want to do there. Are the Blue Jays a fit? Well, I mean, you got the connection with Springer. Yeah. So, yeah, are they a fit? Well, you're then you're getting into the whole Bo Bichette mm-hmm. conversation, moving him to second base which I think should have been done already and bringing someone else in. But uh, yeah, I do think he could be a fit. Um, do I think it's going to happen? No, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But could I see it as a fit? I, I do see that potentially happening. Are you frustrated with the Blue Jays' lack of activity? No, because it just doesn't surprise me. But it, it, it's, you know, they landed Springer a couple of years ago, which was awesome. And Springer has, you know, he, I think there's still more to get, but he's been hurt. But he's still, I mean, when he's in the lineup, he makes their team so much better. Right. Um, would I have liked to see a pitcher by now? Absolutely. I feel like the whole fan base would have. Um, I think they need two pitchers, not one. Um, I don't think they were ever in one of the real big names, like the Verlander, the DeGrom. I don't think they were ever in the mix there. Um 
I mean, the biggest, it, it's unfortunate that the biggest talking point around the Jays right now isn't a player. It's bringing in Mattingly as a bench coach. So right, yeah. yes, that's good. I like Mattingly. I think he's going to, I think that's good to have him. He's one of the probably top 10 ball players of all time. But do I think that, I mean, that shouldn't be your number one story at the winter meetings, right? You should have at mm. least one piece to talk about. Hopefully they land a piece soon, but I think they need two pitchers and one position player. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. And I think if they go with Bo, uh, with Bichette at shortstop to start next season, that's a failure of an offseason because they just didn't address the position. Do you want Chicken Strips to return? He's a free agent. It's sounding like Chicken Strips is on the move. Um, I don't think – I don't know. It sounds like they don't want Chicken Strips back. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird that that ha- – to me, if they wanted him back, that would have been done already. Right. Um. I'd love chicken strips back just, but as like the number five guy, not the number four. And he could always move his way up again. Kind of like what he did last year, but right. I don't know if maybe chicken strips, maybe had one of those years. that was just, everything went right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be kind of what he was last year. They he might be so it. scared because they're, they look at Kikuchi and it must just be like seeing Michael Myers every day. Oh, I know. Kikuchi. What a mess. What a mess that a contract was. And Barrios hasn't lived up to his contract either. So I don't no. know if they're really big on going after the pitching market. And uh, But they need pitchers. Like, if you look at what they have now, they have three starters. And it, you need five, you know. And yeah. Kikuchi can't be one of them. So, you know, if you have Kikuchi and you're starting five next year, you're going to hear the fan base all over the team. So they need to get two arms here. So if Chicken Strips is one of them, I'm, you know, I don't love it, but I don't hate it but they need to make some moves on some arms here pretty quick. What'd you make of the Aaron judge contract? Um, I mean, it's a lot of money. Do I think he's going to hit 62 again? I don't know. Um, he's a hell of a ball player. He makes the Yankees a better team when he's in the lineup. It's a lot of money. Do I think he's going to live up to the contract at the end? Probably not, but is he going to have a couple really good years over the next three or four years? Yes, he should. You know, he's a top top player in the league. It's it's a lot of money for potentially a DH in five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I I I know there's pressure. If they would have lost him, it's one of those things. I think they signed him because they didn't want to lose him, not because they wanted to sign him for that money. If that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of said the same. I said they were they're so desperate. They had yeah. they had to keep him, and they're dealing from a position of weakness because I I think it's a horrible contract, quite frankly, nine years to a 31 year old. I mean, look at Miguel Cabrera, look at Albert Pujols. Those contracts were not good for either one of those. They went really bad and honestly quite quick for both guys and judge is more fit than either of those two guys. And, and they're different for sure. But I, I just, these long-term contracts, like 11 years to Bogarts, writer. I love Bogarts, but why does it have to be 11 years? That's that's a crazy amount of time. Like, I, I just, it's so yeah, perplexing. It's, it's a weird move where, you know, 10 years ago in the NHL, everyone wanted the seven-year, eight-year, where now you're seeing guys looking for the three, the four-year deals, yeah. right? It's, which is different. You know, Matthew's the five-year deal. The guy's looking for, for four to five years, but in the – in the MLB, it's as many years as possible. Guys yeah. are looking for for you know, ten years is like five years, you know, ten years ago, if that makes sense. Like yeah, they're just yeah. 
it's, it's everything has to be 10 years, 11 years, 12 years. Like why can't they just sign a three, four year deal? Right. But mm -hmm. guys want to get paid. And for judge, I, I read something last night and uh, it, it, I, it does make a lot of sense to me is that for him to sign with the Yankees for, you know, one less year than he would have with the giants or with the Padres, if he is to win one championship with the Yankees, there is a lot more money to be made post-retirement as a Yankee great than there is a San Diego Padre great or a San Francisco giant great. Yeah, cer certainly. Yeah, I, th I think if you can do it, yeah, absolutely. And look at Derek Jeter. I mean, he's still making shitty documentaries about his boring life. So, you know, there's definitely there's definitely some some bonus there. Baker Mayfield Jr. the third is a Ram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His third team already. I, I I can't. He was drafted in 2018. What what's happened with Baker Mayfield that he's in this position now? Y you have to wonder, don't you? Um, yeah. It's to me. It's it's something obviously is wrong because for Carolina to not keep him for a full year. And how bad they are, that shows that something there's something there that they really just didn't like. Um, for the Rams, it's a they're you know, Stafford's done for the year. Uh, this is this doesn't this is one of those moves for the Rams that they just can put a guy in to finish out the year. It does, you know, they're yeah, I don't think the Rams see Baker Mayfield long term in their plans. This is kind of just a, a piece to fit in for the rest of the year, but it it went wrong, I'd say pretty fast for him because. You know, even up until I would say a year and a half ago, people were saying, you know, Baker Mayfield could be the guy to get a, a Super Bowl. He's not going to be a top, you know, five quarterback, but he could be, a, you know, a, a 10 to 15 guy. And that's gone from probably being a 10 to 15 quarterback to now, like, not even in the mix, even though he did get a third team. I just think people see him as a as a backup quarterback for the rest of his career after this year. Yeah, it's. I agree, and I I do think this is an opportunity for him, but it's also a bad one because the team is so ravaged with injuries. He's gonna have nobody to throw the ball to, and if he, I don't, we'll get to this now. We'll pivot to other things, but the Rams play tonight Thursday night football against Ve against your Raiders, who I didn't give up on, but you did just for the record. And I I, I think if he plays tonight, it's not gonna look well. I mean, he was claimed on Tuesday. They haven't practiced all week. One walkthrough. I think they kind of claimed that they took him because they also get a, a comp uh, a comp draft pick if he's signed by another team, and they need picks. They got yeah. none. You know, f the picks. So this yeah. is kind of just like, okay, come play for us because Wolford's got a bad neck and Stafford's at eighteen concussions. We want that draft pick, and maybe we find a diamond in the rough type situation where you we bring you in as our backup quarterback to Stafford next year. Yeah, no, I agree. And and to me, this is an easy pick tonight for anyone watching this game. I am all over my Yeah, you're my Vegas Raiders. Uh <laughs> I have tonight I have uh Vegas to win and car over 300. Um that's the pick for me tonight, kind of foreshadowing a pick tonight. But this is a make like I said, the Rams season's over. It crazy the fact they won the Super Bowl last year. And now we're talking about this. Like what a yeah. I haven't seen a fall like this, I think, ever. Really. No. I, I looked it up, and the worst, the worst, it was like five wins or something, like the worst uh, title defense ever. But this has been like a pathetic one where 
They they haven't been in it all year since since really week four or five. The Rams, you've known that they're gonna lose every game that they go into, whether Stafford was playing or not. Oh, I completely agree. It's it's gone from and it started on week one. Yep. Yeah, week one against Buffalo, and it's just gone downhill ever since. And everything that kind of could have gone wrong has gone wrong, I'd say, for that team. And I think maybe Sean McVay might be even regretting not taking that offer to go up in the booth. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how bad it's gone so fast with this team. And it's it's one of those things where you just don't really know why it went wrong so fast. Like, I don't know. I can't. I can't put my finger on exactly. I mean, they, they lost for their receiving core wasn't as good going into the year as it was last year. Yeah. Um, there was so much hype around the Aaron Donald contract that I think that they kind of didn't address some other issues moving in because they're even when you win, there's still always issues going into the next year, right? Yeah. There's always things you have to address as a team. Um, and I think they didn't address the spots they needed to address and it's it's gone bad quick, and I don't see it turning around anytime soon. No, I don't think it'll be great next year. And I was thinking about this today, Ryder. Does Stafford play again? He had two concussions in three weeks. His wife has had brain cancer, so I'm sure she's even more, you know, I think when it comes to head injuries, I'm sure she's, you know, really thinking, thought about that and himself as well. I don't know if we see him on the field again. Well, if we didn't see him on the field, then you know what? He was a great quarterback. He mm-hmm. won a championship. He got out before he completely, you know, yep. potentially something really bad happened. Right. I mean, we've seen it in the past. Look at Andrew Luck, right? Look at Megatron. It, it happens where guys who continue to pl- who could continue to play don't play. And he, like you said, he's had some concussions. He has money. You know, he's won a championship. If he was re- re- retired tomorrow – would it surprise me a little bit, but would I, you know, blame him? Absolutely not. No, and I think we could see like a domino effect. I think if Stafford retired, I think McVeigh McVeigh leaves for a booth. He might Amazon might come crawling back, and they'll kick somebody off that panel, and they'll bring in Sean McVeigh for the Thursday night games, and maybe maybe Donald retires too, or or he asks for a trade because. You don't want to be on a rebuilding team. And I think all these guys are kind of bunched together. Yeah, I don't see Donald retiring. I see him looking for a trade. I think right. he's done that deal. I think he's committed to playing football. I think the guy actually loves playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see him looking for a trade. Right. Yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility. Tampa Bay on Monday night, they squeak out that win. We were texting about it a little bit. And of course, Tom Brady does his thing. But I took more from that game that Tampa Bay stinks more than, okay, Tom Brady had a great comeback. Because for three and a half quarters, he played awful and that team looked horrible. Yeah, the team did not look good, did they? They just looked out of sync. You know, even it, I think it started from that first drive where they spent about eight minutes on that drive and they come away with three points. Right. And after that happened, I mean, I had Tampa Bay to win and to score more than 28 and a half points. And after that first drive, I said, there's not a hope in hell of me winning this ticket. Because... They just looked at it. They had one option, and it was Leonard Fournette. Like, that's all they were going for was Leonard Fournette runs, Leonard Fournette quick passes. Mike Evans didn't catch a ball until, I think, the end of the first half, maybe early second half. It was a mess. And 
Brady was not hitting the long throws. He was missing the short throws. He doesn't look good. The The defense didn't look as good as I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Dalton was actually played a pretty decent game. He just couldn't capitalize. I mean, that's classic Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. But to me, you know, the Saints were by far the better team in that game. Yep. And they, you know, like, excuse my language, pissed it away at the end. And, you know, tip your cap to Brady and getting getting the win, finding a way to win. But they did not look good doing it. And I, I mean, like the last time I was on here, I was saying don't sleep on them to potentially make it deep in the playoffs. And I think I have to – it's tough because they're going to host a home playoff game. So yeah. it's hard to say that they couldn't go on a deep run because they are hosting a playoff game. But that performance there on Monday night was, was dreadful. Would you feel confident betting f- – do you think they'd be an underdog if they played the Cowboys in a home uh, playoff game? They should be an underdog. Will yes. the line will the line have that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know where the, they'd probably be more of like a pick them, but I right. would have them as like a five and a half point underdog, even though it's playoffs, even at home. Like Dallas is a much better football team than them right now. Right. Do you still find it funny to look at the Tampa is in San Francisco this weekend? I still find it so crazy. I know San Francisco is a much better team, but to see Brock Purdy in his first real start being a three and a half point favorite just over Tom Brady, I find that it's so it's so crazy. Well, I mean, if you're Brock Purdy, you got to love the spot you're in. You know, you're coming yeah. into a team that has, you know, you can't ask for more weapons. Like you can't ask for a you know more dynamic offense where you really don't have to do that much. You look at porn star Jimmy, they mm-hmm. weren't asking him to throw 40 yard passes down the field, right? There's lots of different options in there, but it is crazy that a guy who's basically, let's call him a, you know, a guy we didn't think we'd see Brock Purdy starting an NFL game this year. No. The fact that he is a favorite against the GOAT <laughs> is, is really mind blowing to see, but and on that game, I don't know where I'm betting. That's all. That game could go either way. Yeah. I I want to bet Tampa so bad, plus three and a half, but I don't know if I can stomach it. After what I just saw on Monday yeah. night, I mean, San Francisco's defense is better mm-hmm. than New Orleans. I think they're the best defense in the NFL. But again, Brock Purdy's had a half a tape, and I'm like, well, I'd, he's going to make a few mistakes probably in this game. So... It's an interesting it's an interesting game because I think it's really it's a more important game for San Francisco that they get they get wins right now because they lead the division, but if they lose this game, they got Seattle next Thursday. And Seattle's got another cupcake game this week that we'll get to. And that you know, if they they lose this week, Seattle wins, they'll both be eight and five going into that Thursday night game. I think it's really important that San Francisco wins this week. In, in a tricky home favorite game. Oh, absolutely. There's no guarantees for San Francisco. As much as people are saying San Francisco could, can make a deep playoff run and should make a deep playoff run, there's mm-hmm. no guarantees they make the playoffs. No. So they, no. This is, to me, as much of a must win as, as it is, like you said, going up against Seattle, which the start of the year, do we think Seattle would be where they are? So no. it's been a crazy year for the NFL. Um but yeah, what San Francisco needs to do is McCaffrey needs to be good. Ayuk needs to be good. Uh, you know, Debo Samuel needs to be good. The, the, their skill players have to be their skill players, and their defense has to do what they've been doing, you know, all year and is being a top five defense in the league. Um, 
don't ask Purdy to do too much. But at the end of the day, maybe he might have to make a throw downfield at the end of the game because Tom Brady isn't going to roll over. And nope. even though that win was massive for Tampa Bay, they still haven't fully clinched that division where they're in a good spot. But I, I just it's one of those games where you really don't know who's going to win. Like it's 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 going to be an exciting game to watch because there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery behind the game. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see Carolina? Uh, sorry, uh, Atlanta made a pivot at their quarterback position today. Desmond Ritter, the rookie, is their new starter. I, I did see that. Um, I, I think that that's, you know, a good time to do it because mm-hmm. you're not going to make playoffs. Um, and you want to see what you have there. Um, I don't think Mariota is the guy that they think is going to be their long-term guy. So do I, do I hate the move? No, I think it's time to see what you have in the young guy. Absolutely. And they're on their bye week. So you have that week to work with them and then they got four games left. So I, I think it's, I think it's smart by Atlanta. They're five and eight technically still in, I mean, they'll be right in the mix if Tampa loses this, <laughs> this weekend in, in the divisional race. Cause they play Atlanta, they play Tampa one more time uh, this season. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy at five and eight. They're still in the mix. I don't think they're, I think Tampa will win the division Yeah, uh, because of how bad, you know, some of those, even if, even if Atlanta were to beat Tampa, I still think Tampa finds a way to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I think it's a great time to make that move. Like you said, they're on the bye week. You want to see what you have with the guy you drafted, right? This is a great opportunity to get reps where, you know, chances are games don't really matter that much. Right. And it's not like Mariota's a guy or like, we're definitely, he's our guy for the next few years. You know, if you're going to draft a quarterback high, you want to see what he can do. Let's go to an intriguing game this weekend. Jets at Buffalo. Jets beat the uh, the Bills in their first meeting. Since Mike White's come in, they played really tight football games. I uh, you could argue they should have beat the Vikings last week, which really they had five drives inside the red zone. Only one came away with a touchdown. That really decided the game. Bills are a ten point favorite. Do you think the Bills have found their game again and are starting to move in the right direction? Uh Yes, I do. I do. But I also don't want to take any credit away from the Jets because like you said, I think the Jets actually are playing better football, even though they haven't like, even though they didn't win against Minnesota, they should have won that game. Um, You got to credit the Minnesota defense. You also have to see to, you know, white can move the ball, but didn't have, you know, all Swedish, no finish. You got, you know, you have to, you have to get in the end zone, but I like them there. Um, I think that they stick with them. And do I think that the Bills win this game? Yes. Do I think 10's a big number? I do yeah. think I do think 10's a big number, but I do think Buffalo pro- does win this game. I think it's right around 10. I think it could be more like six or seven. So the Jets have one of those teams. I got to tip my cap to them. They've been a much better football team than I thought they would be at the start of the year. And I think, uh, you know, they're only a couple pieces away from really being a, a contender next year. Yeah, quarterback. The main thing, and that's and that's the crazy thing, right? They're 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 the yeah. biggest piece away. Yeah. So, now, who do you think their starter is next year? If they, because I don't, do you think they draft? Okay, first of all, do you think they draft a quarterback? And second of all, if they don't draft a quarterback, who's their starter? Right. I don't think they'll be high enough to get a quarterback. 
No. So unless like Will uh, Levis of Kentucky falls a bit, maybe they could scoop one up in the second round or, or something. But even what then, Derek, what about Derek out? Carr? Yeah, that's what I took the words right in my mouth. I was going to say, do you really want to roll into next year with a good team and not have and have a rookie as your starter? To me, this screams making a move in the offseason for someone like a Derek Carr, which I was about to say. Yeah. That's, I, I, I love that move. And do I think he needs a switch? Do I think it's time for him to go to a different team? Absolutely. Do I think he's a good quarterback? Yes. Do you think he's a good quarterback? Yes. Yes. I love Derek Carr going to the Jets. I think that would be I'd love to see that. Plus, the Raiders can opt out of their deal with him at, at this uh, this offseason. So they can either pick up the option for the last three years of his deal or just outright cut him. So he might be a free agent, potentially, where you don't have to give up any assets for Derek Carr. Just money. You know, salary cap space. So that's an even better. You can get more players, get scoop him up. Do you think Vegas moves off Derek Carr? Because I think they do. I think, it's I think, time I think if they miss the playoffs, 100%. Yeah, I agree. I think it's time. I think both parties need a change. And I think it would be great for Derek Carr to end up on a different team. I think yep. he's got a lot of football left in front of him. And he just seems like he's a guy who's just really taken a beating over the last few years because they just mm -hmm. can't win a big game. But I think a change of scenery could put that guy, you know, top five quarterback in the league with a change with a change of scenery. I agree. I, I like him a lot. And he's played well of late. Him and Devontae Adams are starting to cook. Yeah, I hope they go for all over 300 tonight, and I'll be real happy. Yeah, I think they will against that Rams secondary. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Joe Burrow owns Patrick Mahomes. 3-0. Cleveland owns Joe Burrow. They are 4-0 against Joe Burrow in his career, which is perplexing. Deshaun Watson's second start, he looked awful in his first one. Cincinnati's a five-and-a-half-point home favorite. How do you feel about this game? Cincinnati. That's how cover? I feel about this cover? game. I have Cincinnati to cover. I think Cincinnati is completely finding their stride as a team. Yeah. I said the last time I was on here, the, the Super Bowl hangover's over. They're the opposite of the Rams right now, um, where they both teams got off to a slow start, but... Cincinnati's found it. They're getting help. You know, I think they may have Chase back potentially. Have you heard yep. on that? Yeah, he yeah, played so, last week. Yeah, and, and I, I, he wasn't 100% last week, but I think he's going to be 100% now. Um, they, you know, T. Higgins, you got Boyd, you got, they have so many weapons at the wide receiver core. Their offensive line is playing better, which mm -hmm. we've talked about their offensive line for two years, but they, they are playing better football than they did at the start of the year. And Joe Burrow's finding it. And their defense is playing a little better, too. And they're a really good special teams team as well. I mm -hmm. really believe that Cincinnati could go on another deep run with the way they're playing. And yeah. I can't cheer for Cleveland. I just can't do it. With everything, that's, with everything that's going on there, I just there's no way I can bet for Cleveland to win the rest of the year. I just can't do it. I'm with you because I – I would think in my head to take Cleveland plus five and a half because it's the divisional game and things can happen. And Joe Burrow just seems to not play well against them. Stefanski seems to know what to do, but I'm with you. I can't bet Cleveland. I, I just, I won't do it. I hate, I hate them. If Jacoby Brissett was still the quarterback, I would be taking Cleveland plus five and a half just to be hundred percent straight here. But fuck Deshaun Watts. I hope he plays horrible again. I hope they get smoked. Quite frankly, sorry, Browns nation, but 
Not an interesting game. Big spread. Houston at Dallas. Dallas is an 18-point home favorite. Oh. Anyway, Houston covers this. Yes. I mean, 18 points is a lot of points. <laughs> um, that must be the biggest spread of the year. Yep. I do. Don't you both want? I know you want to take Houston. I know I want to take Houston. Do I, do I think Houston's winning the game? Absolutely no, not. No. Will I bet Houston to cover? Absolutely, I will because 18 points is. I don't know that maybe maybe well sorry let me let me go back there because Dallas is really good. Um, it's I, I just look at that fourth quarter where they basically yeah. forced Matt Ryan to retire and they scored 33 points. And I just get that scares the hell out of me. Cause that could be Davis mills. Yeah, it could be. The one thing I would say about that though, is, is when you're in a close game and then they got up by, you know, what I would say that the, here's the difference. Houston is not playing for anything this year where no. the Colts were still, trying to salvage a playoff berth even though they're not getting one no when they got down you know 10 point or 11 points in the fourth they need to push to try and win that game whereas when houston's playing dallas i don't think houston really cares about winning i think they want to finish last where right they don't need to push to try to win that game if they get down 14 points to dallas i think they just run the ball and i think dallas just runs the ball i think both teams just kind of kill the clock out and dallas might win by four two touchdowns but i don't think there's a pressure for dallas to win by 30 and i don't think there's a pressure that if houston's losing by two touchdowns they need to go out and try and score because i really don't think that they want to win the game anyway in the sense yeah, of, of the way point. they play call the game i don't think they're going to play call the game if they're down by 14, I think it's like, okay, let's just keep on doing what we're doing. And if we lose by 14, we lose by 14. Whereas Indianapolis was trying to come back and win that game. Whereas they were making uncharacteristic play calls that play calls that Matt Ryan just couldn't, can't do anymore. And right. their wide receivers aren't good enough for that. So I think Houston just, run, as we know, Houston with Pierce will just run the ball anyway. So they're going to kill a lot of clock. I think Dallas runs the ball a lot. And I think this is a game where Dallas wins by probably like 14. 18 is a lot of points. Yeah, I might take Houston this weekend. <sighs> that just sickens me. While we're on the Colts, I have a little theory slash thing to run by you. Or did I already run by the Jim Harbaugh with you through text? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I'll for the listeners, if you Michigan's in the Final Four, they got TCU. I think the win that that TCU game for sure. I hope it's closer than I kind of think it will be. Agreed. So they'll be they'll be in the national championship game, likely against Georgia. Georgia, even against Michigan, I think will be a heavy favorite betting wise, at least a touchdown. Yes. Yes. They. I would say so. Yeah. Let's say Michigan finds a way to win a game. That that happens. There's upsets all the time. Things happen. Man, Michigan loses big games, though. They do. They are known for Well, really they beat Ohio games. State the last two years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, sorry for cutting you off. Michigan's gonna, Michigan will beat TCU. They should. So, yes, Michigan's in the national championship, right. probably against Georgia. So, let's say they find a way to win that game. So, right. Jim Harbaugh said he's going to come back to Michigan, win them a national championship. He does that. He's, mm -hmm. he's done it. He went back to his alma mater. Great. The only thing then that he wouldn't have done is won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. 
I still think he wants to coach in the NFL because I think he wants to win a Super Bowl ring and win a national championship. He'd have one of the most unique careers ever, him, Jimmy Johnson, two Super Bowl appearances, two different teams, and equal his brother because I still think that bothers him. So I'm not saying the Colts job is the job that you want, but he's been involved there before. He knows Jim Irsay. If he wins the national championship, do you think there's a better chance at the very least he considers NFL jobs? Oh, absolutely. I think, like you said, there the only spot from the top of the mountain in college football is down, right? right. It's not like uh, – I look at Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll could have stayed at USC for the rest of time, right? right? He wanted to get back. He wanted in the NFL. And the last the last thing you remember about Harbaugh in the NFL is losing to his brother in the yep. Super Bowl, yep. right? He is going to want another crack at an NFL team. I think the guy loves to coach. You see that. He is passionate about the game. I don't think he's – I mean, he's no spring chicken, but I don't think he's also um, – I, I think he's got some years left. Right. Do I think the Colts' job is desirable? Not, Not really. You got a few pieces, but no, I don't think that's one that you want to sink your teeth into. I think that's a long-term plan. I think that there potentially could be some other jaws become available um, at the end of the year. The one thing, the nice thing about if you win a national championship, you normally have a little bit of bargaining power at the table. Right. And he is a known NFL head coach who has brought teams deep into the playoffs before. So he has that going for him. Do I see him back in the NFL if they win? Absolutely. Do I see him back in the NFL if they lose? I still think that could happen. Yeah, because if you get to the national championship game and you lose, again, it's hard to get back there. Ohio State gets better every year. The Big Ten's getting better every year. So what about the Charger job? That is a job I would like more than yeah. the Indianapolis job. Because at least with the Chargers job, you have a quarterback. Right. You know? Kind of like the Jets thing we talked about. They have all they have all the pieces or some pieces except the quarterback. Right. Well, yeah. Would you rather be a team with a lot of pieces and no quarterback and no quarterback potential, or a team with a quarterback and less pieces? It's 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 a it's a tough decision. But I think if you're going in as a head coach, the one thing as a head coach you like to say, okay, at least I know I have a good young quarterback for the next three or four years. Yeah, I, I think you go with the quarterback. Like the Colts weren't that good, but they had Andrew Luck. And they found a way to be – they got to two AFC championship games, right? So they they, they found a way to do it. Um, your Patriots kind of had pieces, no quarterback, but then they fa- they had a quarterback because uh, they, they kind of built one. But, you know, I, I, it's uh, it's interesting. But I think Harbaugh intrigues me because I, I think he wants back in the NFL. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee's a four-point home favorite, and I'm not doing it to myself. I'm not betting Jacksonville. I want to so bad, but tell me why I should not bet Jacksonville this weekend, Ryder. Well, because Jacksonville has a way of breaking your heart, Jug. God, they do. They yes. have a way of breaking your heart, buddy. Um, and that's exactly why you should. Jacksonville has has played better football the mm-hmm. second half of the year. They really have. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing better football. Yep. Their defense is playing better football. And the other reason, Tennessee did not look good last week, right? No. They did not look good in a big game against Philly. Philadelphia handed Welcome. them their they, yeah. they handed them their food all night. I still think that this is going to be a very close game mm-hmm. because this is one of those games where every year Jacksonville finds a way to win these games towards the end of the year. And you look at the record and you say, oh. 
Okay. They won some games, you know, uh, there's another team that's only going to get better. The Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are playing for their coach. They like Doug Peterson down there. Everything you hear about that Jacksonville is very happy with their coaching staff and the players are playing for them. You saw, I think it couldn't have been worse with, with what happened last year with, mm. um, uh, Urban Meyer. It, with Urban Meyer. And you hear some players coming out saying that Trevor Lawrence is better just because he has a coach now. <laughs> Jacksonville is a team you want, you want to root for them. Yes. But at the end of the day, you have to remember that they're still not as good as the teams they're playing. So it's yeah. tough because I kind of like Jacksonville plus four here too. So it's hard for me to tell you not to bet them because I think Tennessee just did not look very good last week. And no. they seem and, to be getting worse, not better. And, and that's kind of where I'm at too. So it's it's tough where I'm saying maybe just don't bet the game. But I, yeah. it, But if you're going to bet – I, I hate to say it, but I think maybe you have to go back with Jacksonville. I know. I know. I'm not betting Tennessee. I know that. No, but, I will, I'm staying away from Tennessee. I can't trust Tennessee with anything. They just fired their GM this week too, which was interesting. Yeah. Do you think that's because of the AJ Brown lighting them up? Do you think that's a main reason or is that more coincidence? I don't think it can all be coincidence because he, oh, he torched them this weekend. And he's got four years left on his deal that they got to pay him. He just got an extension in February, and you fire him in early December for no yeah. no real reason. Yeah, I it's one where I think there there has to be something else. It could be one of those things that maybe behind the curtains this guy's just an a hole, and we don't know right. about it. Like maybe there's something going on behind the scenes we don't know. You know, obviously the AJ Brown move was a complete failure, um, in a terrible trade, but uh. I just think there's obviously more going on than what is because you don't give a guy an extension and then fire him six months later. Right. When no, you're I leading agree. the division by three, by a few games. Yeah. Division game. Philly goes to the Meadowlands to play the giants. Giants are six and a half point home underdogs coming off their tie against the Washington football team. Washington, uh, the Giants look really good in that second half against the Commanders, but they come away with the tie. Thought Daniel Jones had one of his best games as a pro. Thought he played really well for having no receivers to throw to, and they know that you're running the football now. But uh, Ryder, the the Eagles look better and better every week. Jalen Hurts is you can you can do anything you want. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, our guy, two headed monster there. They can run the football. Can the Giants cover the six and a half point spread? I don't know if they can. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't know if they can. I just think that it's just. I I think the Giants. I think we're kind of figuring out exactly what the Giants are. Um, I I think if it was, I don't know, a few more points, they could. If it was say eight and a half, nine and a half, but six and a half is just a touchdown, right? Do yeah. I think that they're they're losing that game by by less than a touchdown? No, I think they lose the game by at least a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but do, am, and there's another team though with the Giants that we have to kind of give I'd say a little bit of props to with where we thought they were being hundred percent that where they are now. That's a team that's trending in the right direction. I think this year, even if they lose in the first round, I think this year is a huge positive for the Giants. I think that they've they've identified that some pieces that are, are working for them. I think they have a good culture in place now. Mm -hmm. um, I I like the Giants. I just don't like the Giants to cover this game. 
Yeah, they they got to find a way to win against the Commanders next week on Sunday yeah, Night Football to make the playoffs. Game. If they win that game, they'll probably they make the playoffs, I think, because they only have three games left, and they they could get the seven seed. But like you said, a team for like like the Giants with this little talent to make the playoffs would be a hell of an achievement, a hell of achievement uh, this season. Baltimore minus Lamar Jackson, if you could believe this, is a two and a half point dog at Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett. Baltimore looked god awful when Lamar went down against the Ravens. Let's ro- uh, sorry against the Broncos, let's ride plus eight and a half. Yeah. But but Pittsburgh to be a favorite is still puzzling to me, but Pittsburgh's won 3 in a row. Mike Tomlin's feeling it. He wants to keep that no losing season streak alive. Uh interesting game here. Yeah, you know what this game shows to me? or this not this game but the Pittsburgh itself Mike Tomlin is one hell of a football coach yeah yes Mike Tomlin I gotta give that guy credit he is one hell of a football coach yeah I did not think they'd win three games in a row at all this year no I didn't even win two games in a row at all this year right so props to Mike Tomlin do I think they should be a favorite absolutely not um you know Baltimore's a much better football team yeah. Uh, but also, it shows how good Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson must love this line. Yeah. He must love looking at that going. This is how valuable I am to you guys. That you that you're a dog against Pittsburgh. Right, uh, a rookie QB. You're a dog. A rookie QB. Uh, I, this is a game Baltimore should win by more than two. I like Baltimore plus two and a half. Yeah, I think Baltimore should win this game by a touchdown. Yeah. But would would. I mean, they looked awful on offense last last week, though. Oh, awful. my God. So, I mean, I, to me, I feel like you can only get better than yes. what it was last year. I don't think it – or last week. I don't think it can get worse. Um, you have some good running backs in Baltimore. And, you and Huntley have, can move, too. What's that? Huntley can move, too. Huntley can move. I think you need to come up with a better game plan than they had last week. Uh, th- I think this game could come down to coaching. Right. Two good coaches. We'll see. Fun game. I'm I'm excited for, for that game. Casey Denver. I'm skipping that. I don't even want to talk about Denver. Let's ride. Like they stink so bad. Um, hey, they won you some money last week, but don't be too hard on them. They did. They did. I I do. Let's ride. But eight and a half. Carolina, Seattle. Seattle's a four and a half point favorite. They got San Francisco, as we mentioned earlier. A week from tonight, is this a game where they look ahead and Carolina kind of surprises them a little bit? It shouldn't be because this is a game you can win and really solidify a playoff berth. Right, agreed. To me, this is one where don't look too far ahead because if you look too far ahead and lose this game, then you lose the next game against San Francisco, then your back's against the wall. Mm-hmm. To me, this is one you've got to lick your chops at and say. Maybe we don't beat San Francisco, but if we get this way, this win here against you know Carolina, we're still we're still one and one here off these right. two games. Yeah, you got to go out and win this game by two touchdowns. You got you got to go out and beat bad football teams. Like when you're a better team, and it's crazy for us to say that Seattle's a better team than Carolina. They're a much mm-hmm. better team. You yeah. have to go out and beat the teams you should beat. Don't look too far ahead. You're not that good. Right, they're good, but Seattle's not that good. You can't sleep on bad teams. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think they'll cover this. Carolina's not a good team, like you said. And if they win this game, they're eight and five. 
they win this game. They're yeah. really good shape to make the playoffs with Geno Smith, and he might earn himself a, a you know, re-signing this offseason. He's played some really, really good football. So like you just said, they lose this game, then they're 7-6, and six, then they could go and lose again, and then they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Yeah. And now you're you might probably, be missing the playoffs. You're probably missing. Yeah, you, you probably do miss if, if that if that's the scenario. Sunday night football. The two quarterbacks that get talked about on Twitter against each other more than any other, Emmanuel Acho against every other ESPN guy game, I like to call it. The Dolphins are at the Chargers. Tua versus Herbert. Fifth versus sixth overall. And the Chargers are plus three and a half at home. Yeah. Who would you rather have right now? At quarterback? Yeah. Because I wouldn't say either one's either one's I would say Herbert looked better last year. This year he just really doesn't have any options at receiver. Right. Yeah. But he hasn't looked great either. He's made some bad throws. And Tua has looked like the best quarterback in the league, and then he's looked like the worst quarterback in the league all in one season. Yeah, I would say right now I'd probably take Tua because I think he's him and Tyreek just have that connection. But in this game, no Austin Jackson at right tackle. Nope. No Teron Armstead at left tackle. Yeah. That scares the hell out of me. They signed Eric Fisher, who hasn't played all year, to their practice squad, who might actually start at left tackle. Yeah, he's probably going to start. Not, he might. He's probably going to start. He's probably going to start. Did go first overall back in the day, but that was a minute ago. The pass rush of the Chargers is pretty good. They still got a good defense. Miami needs – they both – it's a must-win for both teams, you ask me, because Miami is at the Chargers. Then they're at the Bills next Saturday. How nice is it, though, to have a primetime game that really matters? We haven't yeah. had any of them this year. Yep. I credit the NFL because they're starting to flex. You're seeing it because they moved out. It was supposed to be Denver KC. Imagine we had that game Sunday night. Oh. My God. They moved that out. And then they moved Commanders Giants next week, which is another good little flex. Get another tie ball game, Sunday night football. Well, I, you know what? I, we don't give enough props sometime to the NFL where th- this is a good move by them to, uh, to identify games that matter or teams that are playing for playoff spots. Yep. So, you know, kudos to the NFL on this one. Yeah, they didn't do that for Monday Night Football any of the weeks. No, they did not. No, including, including. And same with Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you like the Chargers plus three and a half at home? I do. I do. Three, there was two and a half. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but three and a half is a big difference in two and a half. Yeah. A field goal is a, goes a long way. I like. I think this is a very close football game. I think this is a tie football game, like within three points. So yes, I like the Chargers. Yeah, I think that pass rush and that defense might be the difference because that offensive line two is not going to have all that much time, and he did not play well last week against the Niners. I don't like he he missed a lot. I watched that game the whole thing, and he he missed open receivers, and maybe. That tells me he'll be better because that was the first time he played bad all year, really, if you think about it. He hasn't had many bad moments this season. No, but there's that. No, there's the problem with Tua, in my opinion, though, is that there's games he could have looked a lot better where, like, they really could have put teams away and then right. they win by three, where it's like right. he could have won that game by 14. Yeah, no, that's fair. 
It'll be a lot of reaction either way because the Herbert people or the Tua people will be fired up depending on who wins this game. Now to Monday Night Football. My God, another stinker Monday Night Poor Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Without it, it was bad for Al Michaels. Your Patriots, 6-6, six and six, head to Arizona. Arizona is a two-point home dog. I hate Arizona. I Surprising just- to me that they're an underdog, though, I will say. That is surprise. What's up with all these home uh, dogs? Like yeah. to me, uh, Arizona should be. It should be a pick them. Pick them. Yeah. Like maybe a yeah. minus one, minus two points for Arizona's favor. I don't see why the Patriots are favored in this game. Um, but that also shows me that you know, think about how far Arizona's fallen in a year. Yep. You know they were undefeated last year. What nine games in? Yep. And look at where they are now. It is crazy how far they have fallen. Who's fallen more, the Rams or the Cardinals in the last year? I don't think the Cardinals have recovered from that playoff game. I'll say that because that was so awful. Kyler Murray has looked pretty pathetic. Cliff Kingsbury looks puzzled. I'm going to say the Cardinals because at least the Rams won something. You know what I mean? Like they they got there. The Cardinals have not recovered since that loss. They've looked completely befuddled all season long. Oh no, they've looked terrible. They have looked terrible all year. Uh, they found a way to win a couple games uh, against some bad teams, but they're a bad team. The Cardinals yep. are just a bad football team right now. And and the, all there's no positive stories around the Cardinals right now. None. There's no. None. Like, oh, this guy's having a good year, or that guy's having a good year, or, you know, so it's all really negative around the Cardinals. And they're um, an old they're an old team that just there's there's nothing appealing about it. Cliff Kingsbury seems to get worse looking every week because the team stinks and all those good looks are fading, I notice on the on the sidelines. I your Patriots gotta win this game. They gotta win this game. It's a must it's a must win. I but I, I said this to my father after this week. I I don't think Mac Jones is the guy, Jug. I'll say it now. I just wow. I I I am struggling with he, he can't maybe it's the play calling that they're just not. I I think that Belichick really doesn't think he's the guy that they're right. not. They're play calling, they don't throw the ball over 10 yards. No. Nope. They do not look to go downfield. And I just I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it right now with them. Um, and they're relying on the run game so much with R- Stevenson that mm. they they don't trust they don't trust uh, Mac Jones. And I don't think he's the guy either. I I I have not said that before, but right now I do not think he's the guy. I hope I, I hope I'm wrong with this. I hope that changes, but. It's a must-win for them. You want to talk about a big game? You know, you have that Monday Night Football coming up, and it's a must-win to have any hope in playoffs. So, if you want to be the guy, this is a game you have to find a way to win. How do your Patriots get two Monday Night Football games, and they scheduled it before the season started? How do you they, the Bears and the Cardinals Monday Night Football? Come on. Well, the Patriots still have one go- thing going for them. They're they're still worth a lot of money. Yeah. The Patriots are worth more than any other team in the league, buddy. Here's so, some positive spin for your old man. Jets yeah. lose this week, which we both think they will, against the Bills. The Bills will be 7-6. and six. Patriots win. They'll be 7-6. and six. They will leapfrog the Jets. Patriots are in a playoff spot. 
Yeah, the, it, it's crazy because I never thought that the Patriots would – They're that's funny. It, they've been a lot like Notre Dame in a sense this year right, where it's like right. Patriots got off to a slow start and I kind of count them out and they've won some games they shouldn't have. They've lost some games they should have won. And you look and they're six and six and, you know, it's good that everyone else has been like the league has just been really bad this year. I think we've yeah. talked about it many times that yeah. like average below, below average football teams are still in the mix right now, which, you know, I don't remember that ever being the case this year. Like, this year yep. to me is a huge outlier where there's some really bad football teams that are still in the playoff picture where they never should be. Um, and the Patriots are one of them. Yeah. hundred percent. It'd be chargers and the Patriots and the jets are kind of all the same team built differently, but I mean, Miami could do your team a favor. If they beat the chargers, chargers be six and seven, your Patriots be seven and six with a win, and the Jets be seven and six. So you're right. You're right in the mix for, for the yeah. playoffs. So and, and it, it helps too with that seven seed. You know, yep. that's that's yep. a huge addition for you know. Do I love the seven seed? No, I. You know, we're it's never going to go away. They're always going to continue to add teams to playoff pitchers because yep. it is what it is. Me and you are kind of old school. We like mm-hmm. you know less teams, but the seven seed does help teams that are mediocre teams still be in the mix. Did it hurt you to see Drew Pine enter the transfer portal from your Notre Dame fighting Irish? Yeah, a bit. Uh, You you never want to see guys leave that are good players on your team. You know, Mm -hmm. you just, you don't want to see that. Did it shock me? No. Did it hurt a little bit? Yeah. Because like I said, you just don't want to see players leaving. That being said, the transfer portal's here. It's not going anywhere. Guys are going to leave, right? Yeah. Now, what I say, if, if everyone was leaving, then you got something to worry about. But like I said, Notre Dame's got a great recruiting class coming in. It's their best recruiting class in the last 10 years. Um, they fin- they, they're they going to play in a good bowl game. You know, they finished the season strong. South they, Carolina. Yep. They... As a fan, would I have wanted a little more at the start of the year? Yes. Am I kind of at the end of the year? Can I look back and say positive year? You know, all in mm-hmm. all, probably yeah, it is right. Yeah, so yeah, it, you're it ranked. You're ranked. Season. Yeah, so you're ranked. Which did we? Did you think Notre Dame would be ranked after week three or four? No, I didn't. I didn't. No. I got no chance. And neither did I. So you got, you have to be happy with where they're finishing. They have a strong recruiting class coming in. So I think they're. I think they like their coach. Yeah. Um. Who doesn't? Every every man and woman likes that coach. My God, he's good looking. He, he knows what he's doing, right? He's got uh, something going right for him. But uh, <laughs> I'm very, I, I'm happy as a fan. I think it was in a positive year. Are you going to lose guys in the transfer portal? Every team's going to lose guys in the transfer yeah. portal, right? It is what it is. It's, it's there, and guys are going to go to different teams. They think it's a better opportunity for them. Um. They may get a couple guys in the transfer portal too, right? So yeah, hundred percent. So it is what it is. Do I wish he was going? No. Is it? It is what it is, right? So wish him the best of luck and move on as a team. What's your favorite bowl game outside of the Final Four? Christmas Eve bowl game when there is one. No, um, um, Middle Tennessee State, San Diego State. Yeah, my favorite bowl game. Oh, tough question. Great question because there's a lot of them. I know yeah. some I don't like, um, but uh, <laughs> I hmm. 
Man, that's a great question because there's there are some really good bowl games and some sneaky locations, some right. really good destinations. I like the I like the Oh, that's tough, buddy. I, I don't know. I, I Utah you, Penn State's fun. You, you took me, you, you threw me off there because because I don't know how to because there's there's about four or five I really do like that are non-traditional, like not your not your top four teams going at it in your BC. Right. Um, Marshall Yukon. Yeah, uh, that's a good game. I used to always love the Rose Bowl. Like the Rose Bowl to me has always been a really, really great game. I mean, all yeah. to me, all the New Year's six bowl games and I, we talked about it yesterday kind of the shit show excuse my language that they're in this year with moving things around yeah but to me the new year six games have always been great um i like that do i think there's too many bowl games yes but to me I, all new year six bowl games i'm really into yeah we talked about this on the phone yesterday they used to always be on january 1st but january 1st falls on a sunday and they've moved those games to the second, which is on a Monday now. And yeah, that day's loaded for sports because you got, like you said, all those New Year's Bowl games. You got World Junior quarterfinals that day. And you got, but the Winter Classic and the Bowl games moved to a Monday, January. I, I, this doesn't make sense to me as a television product why you do that because the second isn't a holiday. I agreed. That's what I was wondering too. Like, is the second a holiday in the States? Because it's not in Canada. I don't think it's in this. I, unless you get it off because the first is a Sunday. So you might get that off. You work like as a government employee, you probably get that day off, I guess. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, to me, it's like, you're going to go be going up against competition every year on those days. Why move? Why move? You you've been known for those dates. Keep those dates. Yeah, I yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No, doesn't make much sense to me. And but we'll see. Did you agree with the final four? Yes, I did. Um, they the, to me, you know, we we harp on the committee. We have been on years from the show, but mm -hmm. uh, I think they got it right this year. I really do. I'm so happy they didn't put Alabama in. Um, I'm so happy that Nick Saban had to grovel on Fox trying to get in. I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, seeing him, you know, and, and he's just trying to get his team in, right? He's, yep. he's, it is what it is. I think the top four teams are in. I think TCU is going to have their hands full. I think Ohio State has a really good offense. If their offense gets going, you never know what can happen there. Yeah. But I still think Georgia is the best team in the country. I think Michigan, we have to tip our caps to Michigan because we weren't sure about Michigan at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. And look what they've done this year. So do I think the top two teams are the top two teams? Yes. Do I think TCU should be there and there? Absolutely. And, you know, USC screwed themselves, right? USC, yep. you know, how do you lose that football game, USC? Like, you had, like, you have to win that game. Um, yeah. But I mean, we talked about I I love the Utes at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. So if the Utes didn't lose that game to Florida early, what was that week one? I think yeah, week one. Week one. If they don't lose that game, they're probably in the top four, right? So yeah. Um. Yes, the top four teams. The committee got it right. Should see some really good games. Yeah, I agreed.
Um, you got a champions has a home tournament this weekend, correct? When does that get up and up and running? Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, the, the tournament starts tomorrow morning. We're playing at one fifteen, and then I get seven. We're playing in the Leo Hayes, uh, invitational big high school tournament. Um, some of the best high school teams around the, around Atlantic Canada. So should be a lot of fun. It, it's exciting for our group because, uh, I mean, we're playing against older, bigger, stronger kids. As you know, high school is a lot of grade 11 and 12 league. And we're all great tens, um, but it's going to be great for our group because we're able to play in a tournament um, for the first time all year because we've been doing a lot of showcases. Right. And with the showcases, they're fun, but you you're not playing for to win anything. You know, you're playing to win the mm -hmm. game, but there's no if you go four and zero in the showcase, it's you know you still go home after your last game. Right. So for us to play in a tournament with a quarterfinal and a semi and a final, it's it's exciting for the boys. We had a great week of practice. Everyone's healthy again. We've been battling the, the bug, the flu bug and guys have been sick for the last few weeks. And it's great to have everyone back at practice and guys are excited. There a lot of families are flying in, coming in, driving in, flying in different things for the weekend. So it's a great opportunity for our team. And it's a great opportunity to play some games in front of, in front of, you know, Fredericton people, you know, we've only, we only get a certain amount of home games a year. So getting to play against, uh, you know, guys that, you know, friends were playing Leo Hayes on Friday night. I'm getting to coach against Craig Langell, my old roommate, my best friend. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all in all, it should be a good weekend and uh, looking forward to uh, to playing in the tournament, hopefully doing well. Do you guys have any tournaments booked uh, for 2023? Yeah, we're playing in actually the FHS hosts a tournament as well um, for Arden High School. So we're playing in in their tournament. We're also playing in our league. We, the league we play in the NAPHL, which we do five events in. Um, they have a finals for that. So we'll okay. be in that. We'll be in that in March. Um, those are the only two right now. We have a couple other showcases we're in. We actually shut down for, uh, for two weeks in February because of Canada games. We right. have, uh, we have six players, four players from Newfoundland and two players from New Brunswick that are playing on the Canada game, their Canada games team. Nice. So, um, best of luck to those guys. Um, but we have, uh, so we'll shut down for a couple weeks in February. But uh, no, looking forward to this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully the boys play well and uh, have a lot of fun this weekend. Well, Ryder, always a pleasure. I know you're busy, so I appreciate the time as always. And uh, best of luck to you to you and your guys uh, this weekend. Thanks, Jug. I appreciate it, buddy. And uh, I know uh, enjoy the World Juniors. I think uh, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, giving me the call yesterday. I'm glad it worked out. And yeah. uh, looking forward. I know you're going to some games and I'm going to some games. So it should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. If I don't talk to you uh, before, uh, Merry Christmas, buddy. Absolutely. You as well, bud. There's Matt Wright. Always great to chat with him. And yes, I uh, purchased some World Junior tickets from him yesterday. So there's a peek behind the curtain. Going to a couple of the quarterfinals. So thanks to Ryder for the hookup on the tickets. And thanks to him for jumping on today and talking about week 14 in the NFL, amongst other things. This weekend, UFC. 282, Ankalaev versus Blahovich. That I'm looking forward to that. Watching that Saturday night, uh, last pay per view of the year. That's the main event. You also got Patty the Batty Bimblet in, on the uh, is the co-main event on the card. So that should he she's always a fun fight. Always a great get. We got uh, Santiago Poncibo. You got uh, Chris Curtis and Joaquin Buckley, a sneaky fight. Rahil Rojas, he's an 18-year-old, his first UFC event, the youngest UFC fighter in the history of the promotion. 
So UFC 282. Also this weekend, a lot of great hockey. I mean, McDavid, Tage Thompson scored five goals last night for the Buff- my Buffalo Sabres. Just cooking and buff- what a talent he is. So World Cup, we got the uh, quarterfinals going starting tomorrow. Two games tomorrow, two games Saturday. NFL Week 14, Army versus Navy, Saturday afternoon. Um, so yeah, NHL, NBA is cooking. So uh, the Cavs, Lakers played an awesome game Tuesday night. Uh, uh, Celtics crushed the Suns. Celtics Warriors Saturday night rematch of the 2022 NBA Finals. So looks like a pretty good weekend for sports. Hope you guys all have a great weekend. Off tomorrow, going to get another little bit of ink on my body because why not? Needed that like I needed a hole in the head, but doing that tomorrow. So off tomorrow, back Monday to recap it all. But until then, have a great weekend, everybody. This is To The Point.